Hey folks, just a heads up, there is a little bit of geographic adult humor in episode 10, uh, in case you're listening with the kiddos. Not going to be all snow, a wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. We are go for episode 10 here on Wintry Mix. My name is Alex Goffman, and we are back at the studios of Vermont Public Radio. Episode 9 was on the road. Episode 10, back at home base. And also back is Megan the Intern. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, Megan. It's finals week, though, isn't it? Best weeks of the year. Are you ready? Just about. Ready enough. All right, we're also ready for Cole Fawcett and Kristen Titford, who we're going to talk to today. They are from Marble Mountain Ski Area, and if you haven't heard of that, it is because it is located in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, which is um, two distinct land masses. Uh, Newfoundland is the island, which is where they are located. And uh, why don't you get us started? Give us a lay of the land, Megan. All righty then. Newfoundland is the most eastern province of Canada. Um, it has two very popular cities. One is the capital, St. John's, and the other one is a little town called Dildo. Um, a town called what? town called Dildo. How many people in Dildo? Um, about 1,146 people. All right, let's talk more about St. John's. Okay. In St. John's, um, one of their laws is that you're not allowed to have a cow inside your house within the city. What about outside the city? Outside the city, feel free to have a cow in your living room, but inside the city, no cows allowed. Interesting. What else is going on out there? Um, their largest snowfall ever recorded was 30 inches, and that was in April of 1999. 30 inches in like a 24-hour period or total? 24-hour period. Wow, that's pretty good snowfall rate. What else? Um, their average snowfall yearly is about 16 feet. And in Newfoundland, during the summer solstice, the sun rises at 5.03 a.m. and sets at 9.02 p.m. I think we're both pronouncing Newfoundland wrong, probably. I'm going to say yeah. All right, we'll get it right from Cole Fawcett and Kristen Tifford of Marble Mountain Ski Area in Newfoundland in just a moment here on Wintry Mix. Stay with us. We coexist together because we're all Canadian. We're part of Canada and we're bonding together against the common enemy, the United States. This episode of Wintry Mix is supported by SnowCountry.com, providing the latest snow conditions, weather information, mountain news, events, and activities for winter destinations worldwide. SnowCountry.com wants to send you to the slopes this winter Every week, Snow Country is awarding four pairs of lift tickets to some of North America's most popular mountain resorts. Visit snowcountry.com forward slash mix and sign up for your chance to win all season long. Snowcountry.com, the leading source for snow conditions information worldwide. We, we don't have a president. We don't. We have a prime minister. It's much less hostile, isn't it? Sounds like a cut of meat. Welcome back. We are here on Wintry Mix, episode 10. And if you stuck with us, you know that we are about to talk to Cole Fawcett and Kristen Titford, who are from Marble Mountain Ski Area in, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, Newfoundland. Please pronounce it better for me, guys. Newfoundland. Okay, so it's, it's heavy on the land part. <laughs> that's, that's the Newfie twang. That's how a real Newfie says it. We got that out of the way. All right, so guys, you're in Newfoundland. Was that better? 
Well done. Okay, great. So you're in Newfoundland, and um, help us understand, you know, kind of what it looks like, the lay of the land. You know, we're used to looking at kind of what it looks like in New England, northeastern North America, but I think in more of your maritime area, it just kind of looks different. Give us an idea of the, the terrain, the elevation. You know, we are definitely more northern, and so the landscape is, it's a mix of forest, a uh, rugged shoreline, and then a very, it's the, the tree line here is amazingly low, right? So at the summit of Marble Mountain, as an example, at uh, about 1,700 feet, you're, you're at the tree line. You know, the trees here would look like twigs. Uh, it's not a land that gives you much in terms of uh, being fertile. Can people grow anything there? What, what, what actually grows there? So Newfoundland is kind of is known as the rock, and for good reason, because it's rocky. So, uh, yeah, I guess, you like, yes, there are there is farming stuff here, but it's a lot of yeah. root vegetables. Like, it's a lot of, like, um, carrots, potatoes, you know, that type of thing. I mean, people grow tomatoes and stuff on their back patios and whatnot, but, yeah, you don't really get, like, a really wide variety of, of that type of thing here. So that, that different landscape and different climate uh, translates to what for the, uh, for the ski experience compared to what maybe is a more traditional eastern for at least uh, folks in America? Well, it's, uh, it translates into lots of awesome because the mountains here are rugged and steep and challenging. And it's not to say that uh, families can't enjoy coming up here, but I'll tell you what, if you love skiing and riding and you like a good challenge with respect to resort skiing, uh, this is one of the most challenging pieces of terrain that I've personally ever skied anywhere in eastern North America. And uh, we've got some real easy-to-access backcountry here. When you talk about treeline hanging out at uh, 1,500 feet, some places a little bit lower, uh, it gets really easy to uh, get into some true alpine shoots and bowls without having to fool around in the trees too much. Now, on the snow side of things, uh, Newfoundland, from a, a ballpark map look, you're kind of halfway between New York City and Greenland. Um, what does that mean for, for your weather and, and your snowfall? With, with respect to snowfall, we get tons. In general terms, we usually average around 16 feet. Uh, the last couple of years, we've been up uh, averaging between 19 and a half and 20 feet of natural snowfall. And, uh, you know, practically speaking, winter seems to arrive here a little bit later than the rest of New England. We are heavily influenced by the ocean, as you pointed out, in between New York and Greenland. The ocean has an influence on us, and, and it moderates those temperatures. But uh, we also, when you turn that around, and even though things get started maybe a, a few weeks later than, than Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, or Quebec, uh, you turn that around, and it's extremely positive in the middle of the season, because what will end up happening is you get that so-called lake effect snow off the ocean. So routine snow squalls, 5, 10, 15 centimeters overnight or a few inches overnight. And that's like Mother Nature's grooming. And do you pretty much just get our nor'easters a day after we get them, or do they change drastically by the time they get towards up you guys? The answer is yeah. Within 24 hours of something hitting, uh, uh, 24, 36 hours of something hitting Massachusetts, uh, coastal Maine, New Brunswick, it, it usually, depending on the jet stream, is going to work itself uh, up here. And Newfoundland is a big island, so it could potentially hit us here on the west coast uh, really hard, or, or, or it could uh, just graze the Avalon Peninsula and, and dump a big dump on uh, St. John's. And talking about St. John's, because Cole, I know you, uh, uh, what is it, CFA, come from away. Uh, Kristen, you are born and bred on the island, correct? 
That's right. Born and raised as a townie in St. John's. And St. John's is the largest city on the island, correct? That's right. It's the capital city, yeah. But it's far from where you guys are right now. Tell me, you know, kind of the difference between St. John's and where you are right now. Yeah, so St. John's is definitely, you know, the metropolis of Newfoundland, if you can call it that. But compared to other kind of like capital cities in the country or on the continent, it's relatively small. But it's about 700 kilometers away, which translates to, I mean, generally it's about a seven-hour drive. Um, or in the winter time, man, it's taken me sometimes 11 hours if you get caught in a blizzard. So that makes it challenging for people to come across from St. John's, but there are diehards who come out here every weekend from St. John's, and they do it because they absolutely love love skiing and snowboarding here. So, And we should add that that is not a freeway. That is mostly two-lane highway the whole way across. So let's move from St. John's to where you are locally. So Cornerbrook is the... Uh the town city uh, closest to Marble Mountain, and we're getting our way towards Marble Mountain. But first, uh, tell us a little bit about Cornerbrook. Yeah, so Cornerbrook uh, historically was a paper mill town. So the mighty Humber River kind of flows through the Humber Valley, and it goes out and connects the ocean where Cornerbrook is. The population of Cornerbrook and the surrounding area is about 20,000 people, so relatively small. It's a nice little city. It's got all the, I mean, it's got all the basic amenities you'd need. Uh, Marble Mountain is technically located in Steadybrook, which is a community just about five minutes down the highway from Cornerbrook. Beautiful, quaint little town, just close enough to Cornerbrook, so if you need to run in, get your groceries, get your shopping done, whatever, it's just right there, but we're kind of separated from the city a little bit, and there are some really nice accommodations around here in the area, in the immediate area in Steadybrook, so it's kind of like you get the best of both worlds. And when did Marble Mountain as as a ski location kind of start to exist? 1935 was when the Cornerbrook Ski Club came into existence, um, and then 1962 was when Marble Mountain got its first lift, which was a T-bar, and then 1995 was when Atlantic Canada's only high-speed chairlift was installed, so we've got a high-speed quad here. Um, it was called the Governor's Express, but interestingly, in the summer of 2014, it got struck by lightning and caught on fire. And so it got rebuilt this past winter, and it is now called the Lightning Express. Oh, that's fitting. You guys just kind of embraced it. We did. We kind of went with it. (laughs) The evolution of the ski area itself, um, you mentioned something to me before about how there was was an event in Canada that really kind of took it from, uh, I guess, small and local to, you know, the largest ski area in Atlantic Canada. And what was that? Yeah, that was uh, the 1999 Canadian uh, Winter Games that that really spurred on the development. So in the in the 90s, uh, Marble kind of really came to be what it is now. So you know, in ni- the period between 1995 and 1998, which was kind of the the few years prior to the Canada Winter Games in '99, uh, there was a major build out. So you had the Governor's Express uh, was built. The incredibly beautiful base lodge that we're in uh, right now was built in 95, 96, uh, which has drawn comparison to some of the nicest lodges in the world. Um, our slopeside accommodations were built out in 1998 in anticipation for the Games. So there was a tremendous amount of investment that occurred in preparation for those 1999 Canada Winter Games. 
and what occurred at the for the games there at the venue. Any specific events? Yeah. Um, well, we would have had we would have been the alpine skiing venue. So I suppose at that time it would have been uh, slalom and GS. I I'm not 100 percent sure if we would have done super G or not. And there would have been uh, aerials and moguls too. And we also wow. had a half pipe at that point, and we were able to keep up the half pipe for a little while after. It's gone by the wayside now, but. I, you know, we still hear all the time about how great that half pipe was. So half pipes are expensive. They are, unfortunately. But uh, who owns it now? Who owns it then? Uh, what's been just kind of the, the general ownership uh, timeline for the ski area? Before this Canada Winter Games development that kind of started in the '90s, it was kind of like the Cornerbrook Ski Club. So it was a privately run club or a volunteer-based club. And then when the Winter Games were awarded here. Actually, the provincial government stepped in and took over the ski area. So now we're actually a crown corporation. So we're at arm's length of the government. And what does that mean for just kind of your day-to-day employees uh, for hiring, you know, preseason? Do you get uh, kind of the similar employees every single year, year over year? Are you getting new people from from farther away? Uh, How do you staff up? Yeah, so we're actually unionized, which means that we see the majority of our employees coming back year after year. So we have some people, I mean, Eddie, our accountant, has been working here for something like 35 years, which is great because, I mean, I've this is we're going into my fourth season here, and, I mean, I can just walk down to Eddie's office and ask him anything, and he's like an encyclopedia of this place. Like, he's like a wizard. And, you know, it's really nice because we do have these returning people and, you know, Gadget, who runs the Magic Carpets, who used to run the T-Bar when it was there, people say, man, Gadget is still there. Like, I grew up, like, skiing with Gadget, you know, like, every Saturday, like, and him on, on in the learning area and things like that. So getting to the island, getting to you guys, if someone wants to go to Marble Mountain, check it out, or just get to Newfoundland in any season, what's the process of doing that from, you know, major metropolitan areas on the East Coast? So, uh, you know, if we took Boston as an example, you're just a few hours flight. You'd connect through Halifax uh, and then to Deer Lake Regional Airport, which is just uh, north northeast of where we are here at Marble. That's your closest landing strip or, or, or airport, Deer Lake? It is, yep, yep. So there's uh, a number of daily flights that, uh, that come from Halifax, which is the major air hub in the Atlantic uh, region. And, uh, and then also through Toronto, if someone was coming from points further west. Uh, but the big, mega, cool, super big drive is, is just that, is taking the drive. So I think uh, guys from Boston to the ferry terminal in, in North Sydney, Nova Scotia, you're going to be somewhere between 13 and 14 hour drive. Uh, it would be quite a road trip, and then you're an overnight on the ferry, and then you're another two, two and a quarter hours to marble. So we are talking about uh, a 24-hour endeavor if you were going to leave Boston, which we hope everybody does right now, <laughs> and uh, and drive to Marble. Well, wait, do you have snow? We don't have any snow. <laughs> oh, crap. Did I say now? I mean in a few weeks. Um, no, it's uh, it's totally brown town around here. It is not. Uh, there's a stitch of snow. You know, the snow line's halfway down the mountain right now. But, uh, yeah, it's brown, and we're not... There's no panic button being pushed around here, uh, like maybe in a few other locales uh, in the Northeast, because we usually don't get, uh, our season doesn't get into full swing until late December anyway. So the influence of the ocean plays into that. We don't usually don't get great snowmaking temps until uh, mid to late December anyway. So 
we're we're okay. We're we're not uh, we're not panicking. Tell me about that that ferry. Does that thing run in all kinds of weather? Does storm shut it down? Um, does it leave once a day, twice a day, three times a day? Tell me about the ferry. Yeah, so uh, there's a number of ferries actually that that'll get you to the island. Um, some operate seasonally, but the the core route is what we would call North Sydney, Nova Scotia to Portobasque uh, here on the southwest coast of the island. And that runs daily, all year round, and multiple times daily, depending on the season. So long story short, you're always going to get at least one crossing per way, uh, per day, per direction, meaning one headed back to the mainland, one headed here. Uh, that's at the minimum. And uh, the ferries are actually super nice. The on-time performance is better than it's ever been. Do they operate in all types of weather? No. If it's a hurricane, they'll tie them up, and you could be looking at 24 hours or, or 36 hours of waiting in port. But they're brand-new vessels, and uh, the on-time performance is somewhere around 90 92%. So it's, it's pretty impressive for crossing the North Atlantic on a daily basis. Local foods, local foods, guys. What do you guys eat there that I should try if I ever go there that you can't necessarily get that's any good where I am? Towtons. And we have a Towton festival here in January. I don't know what that stuff is. No, a Towton is it's fried bread dough, but you serve it with molasses, which is like kind of similar to maple syrup, but it's way thicker and way stickier. Um, and what we do for our Towton, Fest, our Towton Festival is um, we kind of have chefs come in and prepare different Towtons. So the Towton's generally the same, but the size and consistency will differ and then kind of like what you add to the Towton. So we've had a salt cod Towton here before. We've had, you know, partridge berry Towton, things like that. So they're really good. And Jig's Dinner, which is like the classic Sunday family dinner in Newfoundland, which is you put everything in a pot together, boil it all, and then put it on a plate, which is like classic Newfoundland meat and potatoes. And then we got to throw in the cod. We have the best fish in the world, hands down. Well, actually, sorry, you're from the East Coast of the U.S. You've got, you've got good fish down there, too. But, but, yeah, I mean, you know, seafood is a big deal up here. We have, like, some of the freshest and best quality, highest quality seafood in the world. So, I mean, cod is king here. And, so. then, and then to wash it all down? Well, kitty vitty beer or screech. Screech is like our our special rum here. And if you want to become an honorary Newfoundlander, you need to be screeched in. And what does that entail? We can't tell you because it'd ruin the surprise. You got to come and find out. But cod is involved. All right. Well, I'll have some cod and some screech here shortly. Let's get back to the skiing really quick before we let you guys go. What are the the main differences between skiing in Quebec or skiing in Newfoundland? The Newfoundland dialect is is, is unique. Um, but there's not a francophone culture. There's just an almost an uncomfortably friendly culture in in some circumstances where people will legit take you into their own homes. You could be uh, skiing all day and uh, getting a ride up, having the lifty help you out, and you could be having uh, some fish and a beer with him at the end of the night in his shed. I'll have some fish and beer in a, beer in a shed. Really, the sheds. <laughs> the sheds are where it's at in the evening. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing about here is our snow is consistently light and fluffy powder. I personally haven't done any snowboarding in Quebec or the eastern U.S., but from what I hear, like, we kind of get Western Canadian quality snow, it's been described as before. Corner Brook has been ranked one of the snowiest cities in Canada. It actually was for a few years the snowiest city in Canada. Now, it's a little bit of a technicality because Corner Brook is a city, and if you look at some more, like, Revelstoke, it's not technically a city, though it gets more snow. But 
that'll just kind of tell you how much snow we get. And it's beautiful, light, fluffy powder snow. Our powder days here are amazing. And they're also amazing because they last for days because, I mean, being next to a population of 20,000 people, you kind of are always skiing in fresh snow, no matter what. Yeah, your 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 skier visits are not very inflated like ours. No, like <laughs> we got a lot of lifts for not a lot of visitors. A lot of capacity. Come on up. I think we could take the entire state of Maine. <laughs> and and help us non-metric system folks just for a second. Uh, your vertical drop is seventeen hundred feet, or is that is that close to that? Seventeen hundred feet. Yeah. And then our ski area covers about two hundred and thirty or two hundred and fifty acres. All right. Well, as soon as I can convince my wife and my children to hop in a car with me for 24 hours, we'll be there. Just fly. Just do the flying. It's way better. But yeah, the road trip will be fun. So one last question for you guys. Um, and I kind of feel a little sheep, sheepish asking, but I, I have to. Um, does, does the American presidential political media circus get that far up? Are you forced to see this stuff? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. we're Sorry. <laughs> We don't blame you. We don't blame individuals. I, I, we don't blame anyone. It's fine. It happens. It, happens. it just leaks across the, the border. <laughs> the Donald wants to keep us out, too. No, he doesn't. Well, he maybe he does. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, so uh, apologies uh, for all that stuff, and hopefully um, you don't let it impact your opinion of, of us and our wallets, because we'd like to bring us and our wallets up to see you once in a while if we can. We'd love to have you. Cole Fawcett and Kristen Titford from Marble Mountain Ski Area in Newfoundland. Give us a website shout-out really quick. We are at skimarble.com. Thanks a lot, guys. And before I let you go, how do you pronounce the town that's uh, up north of you that's spelled D-I-L-D-O? <laughs> it's called Dildo, and it's across the bay from Spread Eagle. <laughs> All right, two places that are on my must-visit list. You guys have a great day. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye. I don't even have a prime minister. <laughs> They made up their own thing, president. So I guess instead of booking a flight west, you could book a flight northeast and hit up Newfoundland for your next ski trip. Yeah, it'd be the the new uh, trend. Yeah, send we, it north. The, the new bucket list location. Instead of going out to Altair or Jackson Hole, you head up to Marble Mountain and yeah. check it off your list. Forget those. Just go to New. Finland. Newfoundland. Newfoundland. I, no matter what I do, I'll never pronounce it right. I think you just got to emphasize the land. Newfoundland. Yeah, you're right. If you emphasize the land, you get it pretty good. Um, but Cole and Kristen, uh, obviously some folks that are enjoying lots of untracked powder because their skier days aren't very high, but their mountain is large enough and gets 16 feet of snow. Sounds sick to me. Yeah, good deal. And I think the Gulf of St. Lawrence kind of acts like the Great Lakes. So if you're familiar with lake effect snow from the Great Lakes, I think they basically just get ocean effect snow right off the Gulf of St. Lawrence. But at the same time, because they're near the ocean, it's not that cold. So that was episode 10. Uh, We are recorded to you from the studios of Vermont Public Radio in Colchester and, of course, in partnership with them as well. My name is Alex Kaufman, your host. We had Megan, the intern, here today. Thank you very much, Megan. Thanks for having me. And good luck on your finals. Good luck. Thank you. I'm going to probably need it. Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, Stay tuned for episode 11. We will be back in a week or so with more for you. Uh, We are supported by snowcountry.com. You can visit snowcountry.com slash mix and enter to win one of four pairs of lift tickets given away every single week. We have production assistance from Angela Evansy, and our theme music is by Adam Levy. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you.
People can say Newfie. Anyone can say Newfie. It's not offensive. Okay. Yeah, we're kind of tongue-in-cheek on that. There is a cow-spotted ice cream parlor in St. John's called Moo Moo's. Moo Moo's ice cream.